Have you ever felt lost when trying to support a grieving friend? Suggested Etiquettes for the Grieving is your go-to guide for offering real comfort in difficult times. Written by Angie Williams, this book is packed with practical tips and heartfelt advice. Be the friend who makes a difference. Order your copy today at Amazon.com or visit www.slowtospeakwithvooch.com. That's slow, the number two, speak with V-O-O-C-H dot com. Order now and transform the way you support those you care about. Suggested etiquettes for the grieving because being there matters. So today we're going to be discussing afterthoughts with friends and family who have previewed the book. And for this podcast, we will be joined by one of Angie's friends, Denise Scott. How are you doing today? I am doing just fine. Glad to be here. Thank you very much for having me here um, to share my thoughts, afterthoughts after reviewing the book. So I'm excited to be here. Feeling good. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I first want to start out by asking, how did you and Angie meet? Um, oh, gosh. I'll let Denise start that off. Because <laughs> um, she, she's sweet. Oh, so I met Angie, I want to say back in 2016. Um, we were uh, both interviewing for different positions for graduate school. So we were able to um, interview for state part-time employment as long as we were students we were interviewing so we could land a position um, for that part-time work and receive that monthly stipend and we were sitting down and it was time for um, us to go into the interviews or whatever and I see Angie sitting down and you know I turn around and I'm asking her hey do you have any kids you know any single moms because I used to go to this single moms event at a local church that they had every year for single moms I'm like, you know, you want to go? And she's like, oh, thank you, but I'm married. Or I don't know she said she was married. She's like, I'm not a, I'm not a single mom, but thank you. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And then she has this long ponytail. She turned back around and hit me with a ponytail. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I, I definitely didn't try to hit it with my <laughs> No, I, I know you did. But it was just funny because you didn't know it happened, but I thought it was funny. And it was her real hair. So she... <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, I definitely just turned around to invite her. And that's my first uh, contact I ever had with Angie. That was the day I met her. I didn't even know her name was Angie. I promise you, I didn't know anything about her. I just wanted to invite her to the single moms event for single single moms because I am a single mom. And I Mm. attended the event and it it meant so much to me and it changed my life in different ways. I was just trying to invite other women that I seen that day to the single moms event. Wow. Which is the... (laughs) a prelude to how sweet she was we wind up being in class together because I didn't know her um, either so we wind up being in class together and she was a really sweet person I could not see I just was I was discovering that I can't see (laughs) and so at night she will she would walk me to my vehicle and and help me walk her and a couple of other of the students because I was like almost twice their age. I thought she was younger, like almost seven years younger than what she was because she's a beautiful person. And, um, and well, everybody's beautiful, but she, you know, she's, she's a person when you see her, you're like, Oh, she's so pretty. And so, um, basically she and two other per- people used to walk me to my vehicle. And then, um, Denise, 
was one of those people who would um, go the extra mile. And she drove me over there because I couldn't find my vehicle sometimes. <laughs> I'm telling you, Mike, I just want to kick out a cane and just walk with them and just say, OK, babies, help, grab mama. But um, <laughs> she was really sweet about it. And we um, we started growing in our friendships after that. That's true. And thank, thank you, Angie. I appreciate just the wonderful things you said about me. I really do. So thank you for that. And um, she's right. Being able to be in the car and, and drive her sometimes, we ate, we were able to just have talks. And I remember one day really just opened it up to her about who I was and where I've been. And I think that's the day our friendship really began to grow mm-hmm. to what it is today. Yeah. Um, because we, we had those opportunities. And if Angie couldn't see you probably would have never had the opportunity <laughs> to meet each other like we, like we got to. So. You always make something sound positive. Girl, I, I was just like, man. And then uh, it was just, and it was worse at night. I just could not see where I was going. So thank you for guiding me. And then thank you, God, for putting that together. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Denise, what were um, some of your thoughts on grief before reading this book? Honestly, um, I never thought much about grief because I, Angie knows my life story. So mm-hmm. I've definitely experienced a lot of just heartache and things like that. But I, I would never compare it to grief mm-hmm. only because it wasn't I wasn't grieving. You know, I mm-hmm. may have been hurting or just dealing with something in, in my life at the time but I never felt like I was grieving anything. So when I started um, prior to reading the book, the most I've come into contact with grief that I can think of was Angie. And everything that she was going through after losing her relatives. So um, I just knew she would, she would hurt sometimes really, really bad. And I mean, it was something I never experienced. Um, nothing I ever really thought of mm-hmm. um, because basically I was just thinking of a basic hurt. Mm-hmm. But it, I don't think it compares to what we will learn, what grief can be. Mm-hmm. Um, so prior to, prior to the book, um, I didn't think much about it. I didn't think much about um, you know, people and how to help people when they're dealing with mm. the loss of a loved one. Because in my adult life, to where I can remember, I never lost a loved one. Now, since the book, I have lost a loved one. Um, but prior to, I hadn't. So I just, I didn't understand on the level that, you know, Angie was experiencing things or even other people that are grieving the loss of a loved one or grieving the loss of other things. You know, right. I, I just had, I didn't have to um, experience that. Even being young and like losing my father not that he died but because he chose to not be in mm-hmm. my life mm-hmm. um it was something i didn't grieve you know i resented him i was mad i was angry but i don't think i grieved it and you know there was a point in time when my mom wasn't there again i didn't grieve it not because she was dead either but because she made a choice to not be there so those are right. different losses i did experience but i don't i don't think i grieved it so prior to the book i didn't know much about this this grieving you know denise um it's funny because your um, experiences sound very similar to my younger brother's um, portion when he talks about don't equate no emotions to being strong because in our community, there are so many times where we are experiencing losses, but we just move forward because we, that's, we're used to it, you know, and we don't think to stop and grieve all these losses and they're just unprocessed over the years. And then sometimes you people will happen into what God has brought you to is is um, be able to deal with this in such a positive way the way you have dealt with it you're right you know what you're right re- related to your brother because when I think about you know his portion and things that he said you're right in our community we deal with it we move on so mm-hmm. maybe it was grief and mm-hmm. you know I was too young to understand it was grief or just not aware at the time that okay well maybe I do have to grieve past this 
Um, and being that, you know, we just keep it moving and say, forget about it. I have well, to live life. I still have to go to work. I still have to yeah. be a student or whatever you have to do. You start doing those other things. So then later on in life, when I um, fully accepted Christ and begin to live for him, mm-hmm. I believe I begin to deal with those things. And maybe that's yep. when I begin to actually grieve it um, and just learn that it was a process that I had to go through. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's a really good point. You just awesome. brought it up together so well, too. <laughs> yeah. So what are your thoughts now after reading the book? Do you have like any different thoughts now? Well, yeah, because after reading the book, um, I realized that there is so much that the griever needs and we don't always know how to help that person that is grieving. So um, just after reading the book, I realized how important it is to to really spend time um, thinking about, okay, what does this person need to How can I help this person? And realizing that there are some times where you may not have the answer mm-hmm. um, as to what you need to do to help this person. And um, in that, I believe is for me, um, helping anyone that's grieving. So uh, the loss of a loved one um, who has passed on or even losing a loved one who chose to not be in your mm-hmm. life anymore or losing a job or losing, you know, the loss of anything, right. just really taking that time to first rely on God um, yeah. and seek them, you know, I mean, seek him. How can I help this person? Because he'll definitely be the one to give you the answer. And then again, um, I like the idea that um, Angie had in the book related to um, asking someone who's experienced that gr- that type of grief, you know, this person has grieved to death before. How did they help? Or, you know, how, what help did you need? Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm going to find the exact part of the book that she said it in. Oh, thank she you. had a friend. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, so she, you had a friend and you said that this friend had also already experienced um, the loss of a loved one. And this friend was the one who was letting you know um, that sometimes that you just have to listen and be there for them. So if you have someone who's experienced a loss uh, or are grieving something go to that person who's already had to experience it or deal with helping someone else overcome it and then they could definitely offer you advice or help and, or you know you can just read the book yeah <laughs> what a ploy I would love that for you to do that that's great and you know um, I just wanted to add to that because um, what you were talking about is that a friend she was going through something and I just sat there and listened to her and um, she's she's the one who's going to also re-interview but um, there's something that I got to point out about in the book too I know we, you and I discussed this is that you were on the phone with me sometimes and one of the things that you didn't know you were doing is that you were helping me with some some daily tasks that I couldn't get through um, do you do you remember me talking to you about that stay with us We'll be right back. Have you ever felt lost when trying to support a grieving friend? Suggested Etiquettes for the Grieving is your go-to guide for offering real comfort in difficult times. Written by Angie Williams, this book is packed with practical tips and heartfelt advice. Be the friend who makes a difference. Order your copy today at Amazon.com or visit www dot slow to speak with booch dot com that's slow the number two speak with v o o c h dot com order now and transform the way you support those you care about 
suggested etiquettes for the grieving because being there matters. Yes, because we it was Sundays. We started talking every Sunday. And on those Sundays, you know, I'd be home cleaning, cooking, washing Mm -hmm. and doing everything. And Angie, she would do the same things. And at some point she did tell me, you know, what you spend this time on the phone with me. I'm able to hear you doing things that you need to do. And it it motivated her Mm -hmm. and encouraged her, you know, to get up and start doing things around the house that she needed to do um, and got her mind off of you know worrying or Mm -hmm. or thinking about different things it was it was a good um time filler you know and it was able to bring her peace and comfort even if just for that moment Mm -hmm. it was very helpful yes because grievers sometimes get to the point where they you can't even think of the next simple task to do and so you were doing it plus Denise is a great cook so I imagine myself (laughs) cooking like Denise cook and my food tastes like hers once I'm done it doesn't but I try (laughs) (laughs) thank you Angie (laughs) now Denise I want to ask you I wasn't for sure or let me just ask you like this Um, in etiquette number two Um, You mentioned that there was a statement that sort of stood out to you. And that statement was, your help is hurting me more than helping me. What about that statement that stood out to you? If the help is hurting someone more than helping them, um, my, my thing about it was, how do we, if someone's hurting us more than helping us in the time, how do we let them know that it's hurting us Mm. um, so that they they won't continue to do it. Like, is there a way to properly ask them, you know, can you not do this? Um, because being the griever, how can you safely express that without hurting that person who's attempting to help you? Right. And you know what, Denise, that is one of the hardest things to do because you're hurting so much inside. Often I would um, isolate myself because I know all the pain that I was feeling. And so I would isolate myself and I, or I'll just tell people, just, just pray for me when I was the griever. And then sometimes I would just let somebody know, like someone just flat out just told me I shouldn't be grieving the way I was grieving. And they gave it a reason I can't say because it'll reveal who it was. And I told them, I said, I just flat out said that really doesn't help me. And it didn't go well. So it depends on the person that, that you're speaking with. Like for you, I can I can easily say, Denise, I, I know what you're trying to do, but that that hurts and, and it's not mm-hmm. helping me. And you are so humble. You go, oh, OK. And then you're you're recalibrating your change up and try to help in a different way. Or you just you learn from it. Not everybody learns mm-hmm. from it. So in all honesty, it just depends on the person who's trying to help, because some people think that, like, for example, um, we talk about this in the book. You talk about it and I go to church sometimes and I, I do not want people to think that all church people are like this, but I go there. And then I talk about it and then I'm prescribed a bunch of scriptures and made to feel um, guilty because I'm not following the scriptures the way that they think I should be following them. It was just it was just all kind of responses. And so now that I've gotten to the point where um, I'm a little bit past all the, the pain, I just simply just just state to people like I, I totally understand where you're coming from. And um, but no, like you, I don't think you heard me say this or I mean, you heard you saw me do this. Someone else, I'll, I'll gently say, "Oh, that that sounds great, but that probably won't be helpful to them. Maybe you should say mm-hmm. it this way." You know, those are the ways that I try to help when somebody's saying something grieving. And to me, I'll say, "I know what you mean, but here's how it it hurts me, and and this is how it helps me." I I just start having to say it. 
Right. Okay. I, I definitely understand that. And the comment you made about how you would sometimes say, um, maybe you should say it this way, you could do it this way. I think that really is helpful. And I do believe you said that to me before. I can't think about what, what we're talking about because we talked so much. But you definitely said, you know, maybe not this way, but maybe you can do it this way. So, yes, um, you have said that before. Mm. Okay. <laughs> now, let me ask both of you guys a question. Do you think there is a time when the pain and the heartache of losing a, a loved one ends? I'll let you go first, Denise, because I spoke a lot on the last one. <laughs> hey, no, no problem. So, um, honestly, uh, of losing a loved one, because I've not experienced it um, to the depths that Angie has, I really don't know. I lost my grandmother um, last June. Um, and when I lost her, it was very difficult for me. And at this point, um, I believe I'm past it, you know, but my relationship with my grandmother as an adult isn't what it was as a child. So I have those memories of her as a child and how we would spend time together. But after I became, you know, 16, when my father kicked me out of his house, I didn't have a connection with his mother anymore. You know, once he put me out, every relationship I had with every relative from this side of my family, I no longer had. Mm. So um, I didn't continue to have the relationship with her until, you know, I was about 22. And I started trying to get get back to know her and visit Chicago and spend time with her whenever I could. And we had good times, you know. But for me, after losing her, it was very difficult that first month or so. Um, but I also was dealing with other emotional things with my personal relationship with my significant other that uh, made things difficult. So I, my grieving for my grandmother was very quick because the current relationship that I'm in, that I was in dealing with, that was current to me. Whereas grandma, even though she was very important to me, we hadn't had a close relationship. Whereas this other one I was close to. And that was another avenue of grieving um, that I was definitely able to relate to when it came to reading this book, because my grief was of the loss of a relationship mm -hmm. that I thought I had. Mm -hmm. And it was very, very, very difficult. And um, to losing a loved one, not to death, but to just that, that what I was going through, the healing process, I believe, is forever. I don't think that process is yes. because it's an emotional process. It's a mental yes. process. And even at times for me, it was very physical. Um, mm -hmm. So that pain and pro that pain um, and heartache, it doesn't end. But I believe that there there is a lasting sorrow, but the memories of the good will always last and you'll have that. Mm -hmm. But you will have to be able to figure out, you know, how do you continue to go through that process? And you go from one mm -hmm. process you know to another one level to another and it gets better and there'll come a time when you may not cry anymore but you can right. think about that individual and smile or you know you won't right. be sliding out or you will be at that point to where you just can't eat because you're so depressed you know you'll get past that how long i think it just depends on the person right right i totally agree with that um honey did you want to say something no no go ahead i want i want to get your answer on this um, because I love the way De Denise um, brings in a whole new um, perspective of a relationship you thought you would have. I know with me, the pain, it, it, um, I had so many deaths ha back, happen back to back. It was, it's very hard for me to decipher how long the pain ache for each one of them happened because um, just last year is coming up on my um, oldest sister, my last maternal sister's death. And I thought it was all over. And whenever I think it's over, another person passes away and it just opens back up that womb again. And I thought I was OK and I thought I'll be able to handle it because, you know, sometimes um, individuals think you have lost so many people. You should be a pro at this by now. 
it don't happen like that. Mm. And um, and I honestly started thinking that like, okay, wrote this book, it should, it, you know, I should be okay. And come around um, the holidays again, which is October, November, December. My oldest sister's favorite holiday was October 31st, which was she loved Halloween and she loved Christmas. And but there were so many thoughts that came back during those times. And I went right back to that very first feeling of feeling numb, forgetting things. I, I, I wasn't performing as to the, my best at work. I, it was just really hard. And I didn't realize that until just recently I stayed home. And I relaxed and I and I stopped trying to, like you were saying earlier, Denise, cover that pain with a bunch of to-dos. And when I, I finally stopped doing that, I was like, oh my goodness, I was in a bad place again. So going back to the heartaches and the pains, um, sometimes they go away and sometimes a smell, a thought or something just bring you right back to it. So like you said, it depends on the person and it, dep- and it also depends on um, the continual um, losses that you experience. Now, I appreciate um, both of you guys sharing um, your thoughts on that. And um, Denise, I want to know, after reading this book, what was your biggest takeaway from this? Uh, the book was awesome. I loved every <laughs> intro of it that I've read so far. There's still more that I have to read, um, but I really enjoyed everything I read. And it really helped me even today in my life and what I'm what I'm going through and even what I'm not going through, but have gone through. You know, it just brings everything to perspective. But um, in the very beginning of the book, the um, there's the last line on this this one page. It says, "Overall, our hope is that this book could prompt conversations in the Christian community on how to better display the Lord as we help support grievers." And that's what we're looking to do. And that's mm-hmm. that's what I saw in this book. And my biggest takeaway is that, first off, that was great advice. And it just lets me know my very first thing is to look to the Lord because mm-hmm. we're trying to display the Lord. So how can we display something or someone that we don't know? So spending time with the Lord so that you know how to help this person that is grieving. Um, or if, if you're the one that's grieving and someone's trying to help you, you know, just be yes. more aware, okay, this person really is just trying to help me. And listen for the needs that mm-hmm. they do not mention as, as, as is stated in the book at some point. You know, sometimes you have to provide resources. You may have to provide your time. People get behind on bills. It could be as simple as you sitting there with them and just saying, hey, you have bills. Can I call and help you make these, these get these bills paid? Yes. You know, right. spending Great that time point. with them is um, very important. Just um some great advice that I recently heard while listening to WCIC as a Christian radio station. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that, you know, if what is behind you hurts you and what is in front of you scares you, then just look up. Mm-hmm. And for me, that mm-hmm. meant don't look anywhere else except to me. When we pray to God, yes. when we praise God and when we truly seek God, he speaks to us yes. and he will tell us how to help a griever if we ask. Yes. So, don't ask the griever. Truly spend time seeking God and look up to him and he will guide you and lead you on how to help that griever. And in Genesis chapter 46, verse 16, Joseph is having a conversation with Pharaoh because well, Pharaoh's having these dreams. Mm-hmm. And Joseph said to Pharaoh, it is beyond my um, power to do this. But God can tell you what it means yes. and set you at ease. So sometimes these things are beyond our power. It's beyond what we can see yes. and understand. And what we definitely have to do is seek God. And just as Joseph said, that God will set it, set you at ease and God will show you or tell you what it means. So he will tell us what we need to do and he mm-hmm. will set us at ease, which will, which will then set that person that's grieving at ease. So the most important thing I got from it was to truly seek 
him as we're trying to help someone who's grieving. Mm, awesome. Thank awesome. you. You know what, Denise? You're welcome. I appreciate you because um, those who preview the book, um, everyone brought something different and you went like the extra mile again. And um, <laughs> Denise knows I hate writing. So this must be an assignment from, from God. And but um, she went through and she and I um, my original editor, Keisha Stacy, she edited the book, but I went back through and put my writing back in it and messed it all up again. So Denise was so sweet. She went right. She th- went through every chapter and she went through and correct um, and, and did what I asked everyone to do. And she really went through and combed through and did some editing. So I appreciate that from you. And I appreciate that about your character. And I appreciate the, the, the godly advice and the godly conversations that we have. Um, as we, as I was writing this book and as we were going through it and growing in our relationship. So um, I appreciate, and I appreciate HS, who is our son, which means handsome and smart. <laughs> Thank you, Angie. I definitely received that. And I, I enjoy, you know, all the time we are able to get together and spend together on yes. our Sundays. And, you know, even just through the process of this book, you know, this journey, it's been a journey. Yep. And, you know, I'm just happy to be here and be a part and help you every step of the way. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to thank you again, Denise, um, for coming on our podcast today and discussing um, your afterthoughts. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate it. Honey, you just came in on a conversation we have every Sunday, so you didn't get to talk much. So we're sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's no problem. It's no problem. (laughs) It was awesome just just being here, just being like that um, fly on the wall sort of speak. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) well... (laughs) All right. <laughs> well, is this it? Well, that's it. Well, thanks again. Appreciate it. Deuces. Yeah. Or peace right, out. Bye.